98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Bill Robertson. The top stories, 13 police require hospital treatment after early morning clashes, while the guests at the flag-raising view the annual ceremony from the safety of the convention centre. And the chief executive vows to turn over a new leaf and listen to public views. And the MTR urges people to allow more time for travel ahead of the annual July 1st march. Police say 13 officers needed hospital treatment after clashes with protesters this morning ahead of the flag-raising ceremony in Wan Chai. They say protesters threw objects containing unknown liquids at police, some of whom complained of difficulty breathing and reddened skins. Online photos also showed some protesters with injuries, but there were no details available. Police are warning the public to stay away from Wan Chai and Admiralty. Meanwhile, demonstrators have occupied parts of Harcourt Road and roads outside Legco and were seen moving makeshift barriers around this morning. Security Secretary John Lee says the protesters have free speech and a right to hold demonstrations, but they should do so peacefully and should care about other people's rights. Organisers of the annual July 1st march expect a large turnout with many people angered by the extradition legislation saga. Earlier, the Chief Executive, Carrie Lam, said she'd learn from experience and have more open and inclusive style of government. She was speaking at a ceremony to mark the 22nd anniversary of the SAR's establishment. The ceremony was moved indoors after clashes with protesters, although organisers blamed the weather. Francis Sitt has more. The chief executive is in the spotlight at her first public event in almost two weeks, with the public unhappy over the government's now-stalled attempts to allow extradition to all jurisdictions, including the mainland. Democratic Party lawmaker Helena Wong shouted slogans calling for Mrs. Lam to resign and for her to scrap the extradition bill as the CE began her speech and was escorted away. Mrs. Lam said the extradition controversy has sparked conflict between the government and the public. She said it's made her understand that she needs an accurate grasp of public sentiment to be more open and to listen. The CE pledged to learn from the saga and make sure her governance truly reflected what the public feels and wants. Mrs. Lam said she will spend more time meeting people from different sectors and backgrounds and talking to young people. She says her administration will strengthen ties with legislators so it can hear different sector's concerns when making policy. And she says her government will work hard to regain people's confidence and let Hong Kong start over. Her speech followed a ceremony in which officials and guests watched the annual flag-raising event on screens indoors instead of in the Golden Bohemia Square after protesters blocked roads leading to the convention centre in Wan Chai. Some guests had to arrive at the venue by ferry. Protest activity is expected to continue for most of the day. The Civil Human Rights Front is expecting the biggest turnout for years at this traditional July 1st march, and marches will gather in Victoria Park before heading to the Leshko complex. Meanwhile, the MTR says trains are stopping at Admiralty and Wan Chai stations again after earlier bypassing them at the request of police. But it's urging passengers to reserve enough time for travel as it expects stations like Tin Hao, Causeway Bay, Wan Chai and Admiralty to be crowded ahead and during the annual July 1st march. It says some stations might have to implement crowd control measures and trains may have to bypass some stations along the island line if stations are too crowded. 
The University of Hong Kong will stop publishing a high-profile opinion poll measuring the popularity of the chief executive from this month as the public opinion program that runs the survey closes after 28 years. The final poll found that Carrie Lam's rating is the poorest ever for a Hong Kong leader. The academic behind the poll, Robert Chung, says Mrs Lam's popularity has fallen drastically. In terms of the uh, figures that we have, rating uh, of the chief executive and also uh, people's uh, level of support to Mrs. Carrie Lam as the chief executive, we are actually seeing a record low of all these figures across all previous uh, chief executives. Using this as an indicator, I would say yes, the uh, government of Hong Kong is really facing a governance crisis. So I would think if such a low figure stays for a long time, say for a couple of weeks, then there will be a very slight possibility that it will recover soon. You're listening to RTHK. The time is just before five minutes past one. The government has released its annual honours list to mark the anniversary of the handover. Damon Pang reports. The two men getting the Grand Bohemia Medal are Yu Kuok-chen, who heads the Federation of Overseas Chinese Associations, and Albert Hong, an advisor to the Federation of Fujian Associations. Four people were given the top awards last year. The head of the pro-government camp, lawmaker Martin Liao, the Anglican Church Archbishop Paul Kwong, and Hospital Authority Chair John Leung were among 11 people given the second-tier award, the Gold Bohemia Star. 23 people, including pop star Leon Lai, unionist Stanley Ng and Education University head Stephen Cheung, were given the Silver Bohemia Star. Lai, who released his first album in 1990, is one of Hong Kong's most popular entertainers. He's been described as one of the four heavenly kings of canto pop and is honoured for his charitable work over the decades. In total, Chief Executive Carrie Lam gave 399 people awards this year, 117 more than last year. Overseas now, and the bodies of a young father and daughter who drowned in the Rio Grande a week ago trying to cross from Mexico to the United States have been returned to El Salvador. They'll be buried later today. The photograph of Oscar Martinez and his two-year-old daughter lying face down in the water shocked the world. The BBC's Orla Guerin visited San Martin, the crime-ridden area in the capital, San Salvador, that the family came from. Oscar Ramirez survived San Martin but did not survive the journey to the U.S. He wanted better things for his daughter, Valeria. Instead, they both perished in front of his wife, Tanya Avalos. She has been brought home by officials from El Salvador, looking frail and deeply traumatized. The government using this moment to call on its people not to risk their lives and those of their children by chasing the American dream. Japan has resumed whaling again for the first time in decades after officially withdrawing from the International Whaling Commission. Five whaling vessels sailed from the northern port of Koshiro. BBC's Arjan Shippers reports. The IWC introduced a moratorium on whaling in 1986 to allow stocks to recover. But Japan never really stopped hunting whales. It claimed it was done for scientific purposes, which was allowed under the moratorium, to monitor their number. But critics say that was just a cover for killing whales for food. Last year, Japan tried to convince the IWC one last time to allow hunting of species considered abundant, but it was voted down. Japan has therefore left the body, so it's no longer bound by its rules. It plans to hunt 227 whales between now and late December. 
Auditors in the VAR region of southern France have discovered that around 30 civil servants made temporarily redundant have for years been paid for doing nothing. The BBC's Mike Sanders has the story. The problem arose when the public waterworks in Toulon was privatised. Classed as civil servants, the redundant employees had to be paid until new jobs could be found for them by law. They've never been redeployed. Auditors say it's cost taxpayers more than a million dollars per annum to keep them idle, and it's been going on for years. That's bound to rile supporters of the Yellow Vest protest movement, who've long complained about the gravy train for the favoured few. Turkey has demanded the immediate release of six of its citizens who are being held by militias linked to the Libyan warlord General Khalifa Haftar. Here's the BBC's Alan Johnson. Turkey's demand that its citizens be released came soon after General Haftar signalled that he had the Turks in his sights. On Friday, his forces announced that they would target Turkish vessels entering Libyan waters and Turkish businesses in the country. This appeared to be in retaliation for Ankara's supplying of weapons to Libya's internationally recognised government in the capital, Tripoli. General Haftar has been trying to capture the city for months. A few days ago, he suffered a significant setback when his fighters were driven out of a nearby town. Sport now, and the defending champion Novak Djokovic shares centre stage on centre court with Naomi Osaka today as Wimbledon gets underway. The top seed and world number one Djokovic is seeking a fifth Wimbledon and 16th major as he attempts to bounce back from his shattering Roland Garros exit. He faces German veteran Philipp Kohlschreiber. Uh, Osaka, the Japanese second seed and winner of the US and Australian Opens, will face 15-year-old American Cody Gauff. And to end the news, the top stories once again. 13 police require hospital treatment after early morning clashes, while the guests at the flag-raising view the annual ceremony from the safety of the convention centre. And the chief executive vows to turn over a new leaf and listen to the public's views. That's the news from RTHK. Cheers, Bill. Good afternoon. It's Morning Brew through till 2 on this holiday, the 1st of July, with James Ross.